Today we're talking about sleep. It's probably the one thing we parents discuss more than anything, and it's the thing we dread about having a newborn. Sleep like a baby? I have no idea why we say that, when every bleary-eyed parent knows that babies just don't sleep through the night. So how can we get our children to sleep, whether they're babies, toddlers, school kids, or even teenagers? My guest today is Lisa Lamb, better known as The Night Ninja, a sleep consultant who is speaking at the upcoming baby show at the NEC. She has loads of tricks up her sleeve for helping everyone in the family to get a good night's rest. Welcome back to Brummy Mummies. My name is Zoe Chamberlain. I'm an author, journalist and mum. I launched Brummy Mummies as a community for families to share with you stories from the most inspiring mums and dads to help you find out how they juggle family life and everything that comes with it. A mum of three herself, Lisa shares helpful tips you may never have thought would impact your child's sleep before. Hi Lisa, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Hi Zoe, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I'm keen to talk to you about sleep. I think it's something that as parents, we talk about constantly. And I know we dread the prospect of the little sleep we'll have when we have a baby. How much should we realistically expect a newborn to sleep when they first arrive? Yeah, I think this is a really important question because I think um, definitely conversations that we have before the baby arrives, everyone, you know, tells you, you know, you're not going to have any sleep and, you know, make sure you get your sleep now. Um, but yeah, um, you know, newborns, they need to be fed regularly throughout the day. So, um, you know, and even during the nighttime as well. So they are going to be waking up, you know, quite a lot, quite often throughout the night and throughout the day. Um, and also they like to be held and they want to be cuddled. They want to be still close to you. So you're also going to have to have that expect as well. Well, it's going to be quite difficult to put your baby down. Um, so yeah, during the first, say, couple of months, three months, sleep is probably uh, what I say to my clients can be a bit of a roller coaster. You're going to get really good days, and then you're going to get really days that you know that, that you struggle, um, that you're going to struggle around. You know, the, the lack of sleep that you're having with your little one. What were your sleep experiences with your three daughters? Did you find that they differed between the children? Yeah, they they were different, but I think I was different. You know, with my yeah. first, I was very strict on routine. Um, it was my first, so I could stay at home. I was a person that didn't need to go out all the time and to be at groups and stuff. I was quite happy and content. I had a friend who also had a baby, so we would meet up quite a lot. So I was, and I also at the time was a school teacher, so I was very, you know, routine, routine, routine. Um, so with my first, you know, I got into a routine pretty quickly and her sleep was, you know, it was good because I, I I spent a lot of time on it. I, you know, I worked hard on it. And I suppose by the time I got to my third, and that's when I was, you know, full into my, you know, full time being a sleep consultant, um, I was just a lot more relaxed. Whereas with my first, I would say I probably wasn't as relaxed. You know, I wouldn't go out and jeopardize her nap. You know, I'd make sure that we're always at home at bedtime. Um, so whereas with my third, I was so much more relaxed. I kind of knew more about it. I knew it didn't have to be as strict. It could be a lot more loose, you know, it could be a bit more loosely, a bit more flexible with it. Um, so I think that that was the difference is that I changed and my knowledge changed. So then I was, by the time I got to my third, I was like a lot more relaxed, a lot more chilled with it. So what can we do as parents to get our kids into a good sleep routine? What are your top tips on that? So my, my, my top tips are, 
Um, it's all, it is, you do have to set a routine. So my first thing is, is setting up a morning routine. So looking at that, like what time are you waking your baby up in the morning? Are you letting them just wake up at, at different times in the day, in the morning time? Or are you, you know, starting to wake them up? So my biggest tip, if you're not already, especially with the younger babies, um, you know, start waking them up at a regular time in the daytime. Cause that's then going to help you to know when your, when their first nap's going to be. If they're waking up at different times in the day, that first nap is always going to be different and you feel like you're not getting into a routine and sometimes for some babies they're going to struggle with that whereas you know you wake up at the same time that first nap will always be the same time not necessarily it's going to be the same length but at least it's the same time every day and then your baby will just naturally start putting themselves into their own little sleep routine um naps you know are a massive thing you know nap time daytime naps really help with nighttime sleep so really making sure that your baby is getting the daytime sleep that they need so kind of looking at age-related sleep that they need how long they can stay awake between each nap so really working on your nap time routine and then setting up a bedtime routine so they're like my three things like morning routine nap time routine and bedtime routine these are kind of like the quick fixes if you are struggling with your little one sleep these are the three things that i would start working on um you know to start making some good changes. That's interesting because I think a lot of parents don't think about the morning having an impact on the evening. Yeah. Well, I think also as well with the morning is that especially if you're waking up lots in the night time, you think, oh, the baby's sleeping in, let's just have a little bit of a lie-in, which, you know, I completely understand. But then you are then just going around in that kind of like that circle of, you know, kind of catching yourself every day. So yeah, make that that is like, that's the biggest one is waking them up the same time every day. And that's also yes. for us adults, you know, even for us, waking up the same time every day and going to sleep the same time every day is also a good routine for our own like sleep hygiene as adults. And what should the evening routine involve for babies and for toddlers? Yeah, so for like the littler ones, like, you know, the younger ones, you know, below, say, maybe up to three, four months, you know, you're probably looking about, you know, a 10, 20 minute kind of routine, um, you know, that can just, you know, be a bath. Like I always do suggest a bath because it's something that's so different than anything they've experienced throughout that day. So once they get older, then sensations really do spark that, okay, sleep is coming. It's a good time to kind of like wind down. If you don't do a bath every night, then just a quick wash, you know, top to tail um and then you know maybe a nice massage you know their feed a little story a little sing song into some clean pajamas you know i always say choose like three to four things and keep it consistent um and even though when they're so little you think oh you know what this doesn't really make sense they're only a little baby they don't understand but as they get older this routine they will really they really will learn that this sleep is coming and their journey into sleep will be so much easier and then for toddlers you know and then as they get older between six months and older and toddlers I normally say about a thirty. It normally takes about thirty minutes um, to kind of like have that wind down, um, and the same sort of you know for the for the toddlers, you know the the bed, the story, um, you know b- bedtime is you know we're always busy throughout the daytime, especially if you have other children, and bedtime is such a time when we can all just you know switch off. We've got half an hour to spend with our little ones, where we literally give them all our attention. Um, so it's just a nice bonding time as well. So really working on that bedtime routine um, will really just help you all as a family just to have that wind down and that bonding time with your little ones. Yeah, it's a really special time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like that time. It's good. Yeah. So should, should the baby sleep in the parents' room? And if so, for how long would you recommend? 
Yeah, so the Lullaby Trust. The Lullaby Trust is um, an organisation who, you know, they tell parents, you know, how to sleep safely. So their recommendations is to have your baby in the room at least up until six months. Um, so they do suggest that you keep your baby in your room up until then. But again, this is preference. You know, you know, I have people, um, you know, families that I talk with and they have their babies, you know, still in their room up until 18 months. So there's there's no like set time, but, you know, for, sleep, for safe sleeping, definitely up until six months. And then after that, it's, it's your choice then of when you want to move your baby um, into their own room. That's always a, especially with your first, you're always a bit nervous. By, by your third, you're like, oh, yeah, get into your own room. <laughs> baby, yes. <laughs> babies are noisy in the night time. You know, sometimes I do talk to parents and they say, oh, my baby, you know, is making lots of noise in the night time. But actually when I, you know, dig deep a little bit deeper, the baby's sleep is actually perfect. It's just that they're making lots of noise and they're disturbing the parents. So it's not actually there's any sleep issues. It's just that the baby's noisy in the night time. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yes. And and sometimes it's listening out for them as well, isn't it? Because you think, oh, they're crying, but actually they're just kind of chuntering away and chatting and singing and they don't necessarily need attention, do they? Yeah, exactly. And this is the thing, when they're right next to you, you do probably attend to them a bit quicker because you think, all right, if I do this, then I'm going to get them back quicker. Whereas if, you know, that's another question that I speak when I speak with with families. I say, if your baby was in another room, would you even hear them noises? And you probably wouldn't. And then you wouldn't feel like you're up in the night time. But yeah, some babies can be really noisy. (laughs) So this is a, um, I know this is a, a, a topic that divides people, but should a child ever be left alone to cry? Okay, so again, like, I really just think it's down to you as a parent. Like, I I come from a non-judgmental, you know, ethos that I think you've got to choose a method. So basically, when you're kind of doing, you know, using a sleep method to help your little one. So the reason why there's crying is that you're probably maybe changing the way your baby falls asleep. So you're helping them to learn to self-settle where, you know, which means that you're able to put your baby into the cot and they're able to close their eyes and drift off to sleep without having an external prop. So that's when the crying kind of comes into play is that when you're trying to change that, if you've got to the point where you're just like, do you know what, I just, you know, I've been feeding my baby for 10 months of sleep. I actually would like, you know, dad to come in or mum to come in and help the baby go to sleep. Um or rocking to sleep or whatever it is your, 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 how your baby goes to sleep and you want to change that, that's when the crying then comes into play. So there's, stuff, there's different methods of how you can do that. A method that I use is a stay in the room. So I'm always, you know, invite my clients to be with their babies. But sometimes, you know, you're, you could be in the room and your baby actually can be more upset that you're there. So I think it's about making that judgment call and how you feel. You know, if you're happy to step out of the room for a couple of minutes just to get a bit of a breather and then come back and respond to your baby, I think that is absolutely fine. But I do think it's, you know, down to the parents and how they feel and what they feel feel comfortable with. Um, but you don't always have to be. You can always be in the room while making these changes. Yes. So what do you think about different methods like like say the Gina Ford method yeah so so Gina Ford is like you know again you know some people you know love Gina Ford and I you know I've spoken to families where they've loved that routine and for some babies it really does work I think what can be I think it's really hard when you're reading a book and you're reading a method like I did this with my first that I didn't know any different so I thought that you know I had to follow this book like it was the bible and looking back on it now like sometimes my eldest was tired and I didn't know that I could bring the nap forward so when you're following like a kind of like a, a strict a strict 
a strict schedule and the book's saying that your baby should now sleep for an hour and a half and they don't, you are then going to feel that there's something wrong with your baby or you're doing something wrong. So I think there's, you know, from all different, from gentle, you know, from gentle sleep consultants, you know, information that they have to a bit more stricter. I think from both, there's some really good information. But I think it's also important to know that you can make changes that, you, you know, if nap times doesn't go well, you can bring everything forward, you can bring bedtime forward. And I think that's what I kind of wish that I knew with my eldest that I knew with my third, I knew if we were having a bad day, everything will be fine. We'll just get bedtime earlier. Um, so I think, you know, I think, you know, strict routines are good, but I think you also need to have some flexibility in that as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I did with mine. I, I followed a routine, but I just kind of adapted it to suit our family lifestyle. Um, yeah. And I think that's what sometimes people don't think, don't realise that that's what you can do with it, really. Yeah, and that's it. And I think it's, you know, you know, lots of people talk about, you know, having this long lunchtime nap. Um, but it's not always the case for some babies. Like some babies actually like to have a longer nap in the morning time and they have a shorter nap in the afternoon. And some babies will switch it around every day. So sometimes they'll do it in the morning, sometimes they'll do it in the afternoon. And I think that's the most important message that every baby is different. You know, I've been doing this for over six years now. And I think when I first started, I probably was a little bit naive because, you know, I, I had I had quite a strict routine with with my children. They all slept really well, but actually, some babies just you know that's just not their makeup. It needs to be a lot more flexible. Um, you know, I can work with two babies that are having the same problems, and one will just fall into it and get to their sleep and get to where they need to so much quicker than another baby. And it's just about actually, you know, you have to ch- you have to change things and adapt to that to that baby and to that family. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, you know, for anybody who's wanting to make change with their baby sleep, that they have loads of information, understand that, you know, things can, they, they can change things and not have to be so strict. And of course, it changes constantly as well, doesn't it? Depending on whether they're teething, if they're ill, if you've gone out somewhere and upset the routine. So you have to adapt to it all the time anyway, don't you? Yeah, and this is this is it. It always changes. But I always say my biggest thing is, is that, if you have a good routine and it's all going great and then all of a sudden your little one falls sick or there's teething going on, don't start to think that you're doing something wrong. It's just a phase that your little one's going through. Stick to the routine of making sure that, you know, you're doing that morning routine, that naps, and within a couple of weeks your baby should come out of it and you should be back into the routine. I think what people get a bit nervous about is that they have this great routine and then one day it's all gone to pot and they're like, oh, my God, something's you know I need to change something they get on Google and Google tells them to do this and then they've just wiped out all their hard work that they've done and they've changed things too quickly you know I always say you know if they if a, a, um, if a, a situation arises, a problem arises give it a good couple of days or a good couple of weeks to see is it a problem or is it just a phrase and then if it is then get some help or, or put some you know make some changes but don't change things so quickly I think one of the hardest things is when you've got them in a really good routine and then something does stop, so they start waking up again more in the night. It seems so much harder to get up and deal with them then than it was when you were doing it all the time. <laughs> it's like yeah, you got it's... used to it and then it's horrible because you have to start getting up again. So what yeah. is the impact of sleep deprivation on parents? So just, just um, you know, from 
parents that I work with, you know, when I speak to, you know, families that I work with, especially, you know, it's more definitely, you know, is the more of the mums that contact me. Um, and I suppose they kind of feel like they've lost their confidence a little bit. Um, you know, they don't really, yeah, they feel that they've lost their confidence um, and just a bit unsure of what to do um, and have a lot of anxiety, you know, when, when they're sleep deprived, you know, so feeling very anxious, very nervous. Um and yeah, it just can be really difficult, especially like for, you know, you know, the mums and the dads who are working full time and then having to get up and they, you know, got really busy jobs. You know, a lot of the time, you know, I say with my families, you know, you know, in, in the nighttime when their baby's awake, they're thinking about that next day. So rather than thinking of what they need to do in the nighttime, they're thinking, I just need to get this baby to sleep because tomorrow I need this, this and that. So already they're getting themselves into a stressful and anxious mind already before the mornings e- even come. Um, so yeah, lo- lots of an- anxious parents. Um, and yeah, you know what it's like when you don't have a good sleep. Um, it doesn't put you in the best of moods. You just can't think straight, can you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I do like overnight sometimes, and you know, when I when I come back from that from one night, I am like, wow. Um, so I don't know how parents, you know, do it every single night. It's, it's yeah, it's full on. So what about babies who suffer with colic? Because that can really interfere with sleep. Yeah, definitely. So babies, so that's kind of like the younger babies, you know, that suffer maybe with colic or or, re, or reflux. So, you know, my, my advice for that is really um, definitely like reach out to your doctor and your health visitor and get some advice, you know, how you can kind of manage that. Um, but also like for children, you know, babies that have colic, like a sling is really good because, you know, having them upright. So definitely invest into a sling and think about where you're feeding. So I would, you know, normally with, you know, if I have a baby who has reflux, um, we move the feeds, you know, to the beginning of the routine. So think about where you're feeding. So like, you know, after a nap, you could feed then. So then, you know, by the time they go into the next nap, you know, there would be no no feeds then. And also then before bedtime, do the feed at the beginning. So then you've got half an hour then, you know, so, so it can set and you know they'll be a lot more happier going down but like the yeah you just kind of have to just you know if you have got a baby who is struggling you just kind of have to manage it and get through it and then once you know that they're a lot better then you can start putting some things into place for them so what age should parents realistically be expecting their baby to sleep through the night i know there's never like just one set number and every baby is different but just as a rough guide yeah, so again, this is a really broad question. It's, it can it, like, it can be so, so different. But I, it, you know, you can have some babies who are six months who start to sleep through. Then, you know, some babies don't sleep through until they're 18 months. On a general rule, you know, I normally, it, it's, it is, it is, it's such a broad question. It's so difficult to kind of like say, cause it, you know, I, I can work with a 12 month old and, you know, that 12 month old, you know, still waking once in the night, but that parent's happy. So I all, when I, you know, talk about sleeping through the night, I actually ask the parents of how they want their baby's night to look like. And then we work towards that. But, you know, I, I said, you know, from, from over 12 months, I think we could definitely get, you know, babies having some good solid sleep throughout the night time. So what should parents do if they have older children? Um, toddlers, preschoolers who are still not sleeping through the night, because obviously as they get older they can get they can move around more, can't they? And they can get up and um, so what should what should they do? 
Okay, so with the older children, there's a bit more work that needs to go into it. So with the babies, it is it is more about, you know, that routine, looking about, you know, the morning, the naps, the bedtime, looking at their journey to sleep, how you're responding to them in the nighttime. But with the older children, you know, if they are getting in and out of bed, it becomes more of more of a behavioural. So it's about the parents having that bedtime routine, making sure that bedtime routine is tight. Um, you know, if it is two stories, it's just two stories. You don't keep reading and reading and reading stories like, you know, if your toddler's demanding. I use like a chart with, with my older children so they can see what their routine is looking and what's next. Like I think things need to be really visual for, for older children, for toddlers, so they understand. And put the, like, you know, do pictures of what the rules is. So what is it that you expect from them um, at bedtime? Sometimes we're not actually teaching them what we're expecting and what we want them to do. Um, and if your baby, if your toddler is coming out of the bed, especially at bedtime, I always get the parents to go back in the room and stay with them. So stay with them while they fall asleep. And then once they're starting to feel safe and secure, then you can start slowly, gradually moving yourself, you know, out, out, out of their room and setting goals. So, you know, I always say that like, the first goal is going to bed nicely, then teaching your little one to stay in their bed in, like, all night. And then the third one is teaching your little one to like lay quietly in their bed until, you know, I, you know, um, I always recommend getting a training clock so they know when the morning time is. Um, but it's breaking it down for them, working on one goal at a time rather than trying to do everything at once. I always thought it was um, a bad idea to stay in with them because um, then it's quite difficult to actually get away, isn't it? And they'll expect that every night. But you think that can that can help? Yeah, definitely, definitely. But you've got to have, you've got to put a program in place. So you would do like three nights by the bed, then you'd move into the middle of the room, and then you'd move by the door, and then you'd be 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 out. You'd oh, be I surprised see. of how how well um that they, they respond. And it's like all they want to know is that you're there in your clothes. They just want to feel like at this age, their minds are running all over the place of their imagination. So they just want to feel safe, you know, secure and safe. And so yeah, by just getting yourself out of that room, and they still know that you're there. Um, it will really help them then to settle into a good night's sleep. Because otherwise, if you kind of just go out of the room, you're having that battle of they come out, go in, it stops that whole like back and forth, back and forth. Um, and if you've got a toddler that's getting out of their bed 20, 30 times, you can imagine how a parent's going to feel at the end of that. Or even, you know, in, you know, between that, you know, when they're getting out, they're going to feel frustrated and annoyed. Whereas you take all that away and you bring down the calmness by staying there with them and then gradually moving yourself out. I guess that's key, isn't it, that to keep it calm? Because the last thing you want is a fractious bedtime. Yeah, and this is it. It's all about making them feel safe and secure. And by doing that, that's by us being there. And then once they're like happy there, then you just slowly, like I always say, like you can always do like a magic cushion that moves. And so you move that cushion to where you want it to be um, before the little one gets into bed. And then they know and they'll be like, okay, you know, mummy or daddy's cushion's there tonight. And they'll just, they just, they just naturally just get used to it. And um, yeah, the confidence ends up, you know, they get, get really confident with it. That's a really good idea. I wish I'd spoke to you when mine were little. <laughs> so what's your advice if uh, children share a room? Because that's quite tricky, isn't it, when the baby's kind of moving into another child's room. What do you do then yeah. just so that you don't disturb siblings? Do you know what? It's, it's really difficult, especially if you don't have the space. If you do have the space, I would say separate. Um, you know, I've, I've spoken to families where they have like a guest room and it's for when granny comes to stay, 
once a year. And I'm like, okay. But if you, you've got to think that babies wake up in the nighttime, and even toddlers do for whatever reason. And if you put them both in the room together, it you're going to have, they're going to be disturbing each other. You know, even with my children, you know, they at, at some points they shared, shared rooms. Um, but then I remember that my toddler, um, while my baby was in the room, was waking up earlier. So then my baby would wake up earlier. Um, and I just had my six-year-old and my four-year-old sharing and we've now separate them and everything's just so much better now. They're sleeping better. They're going to bed nicer. So if you can have separate rooms, I would recommend that until they're at an age where, you know, both their sleeps um, are really good. Um, If you don't have the space, then I would make sure that both their sleeps are good before you put them together. Otherwise, you're going to have really upset nights in the middle of the night time if you're putting, you know, a baby in a room with a toddler who's waking up every night. Your baby's then going to be disturbed and the toddler might be easier to go back, but the baby's the one who's going to be the most difficult one to go back. So I would just be... Yeah, really mindful of that. And what about if you've got twins or triplets? So again, with twins, um, you know, you can definitely have them, you know, sleeping in the room together. But again, if you have one that is, you know, not sleeping as well and they're disturbing each other, I would recommend to separate. And then once they're back sleeping, you can then put them together. Um, You know, I've worked with families where, you know, twins sleep amazingly together and there's been other times when they don't. So I think it really is down to your and your family and what your setup is like. Um, You know, for naps, again, you can have like two, you know, twins that one baby could sleep really well for naps and the other baby doesn't. And then again, they're going to be disturbing. So I think it really is down to your makeup and your and your children you know if it's working amazing and then if it's not then you might want to think about separating them so do you recommend swaddling or the um baby sleeping bags yeah so definitely like for um for newborns i love like swaddling i think it makes them feel really safe and you know, i swaddled all my three and they they loved it um and sleep bags yeah because that you know once they're a bit older into the sleep bags you just know that they're not cold in the middle of the night time so i definitely do recommend sleep bags and then you know you can introduce a duvet once they're a bit older so what about parents i mean just being a mum and dad or mum or dad is just really exhausting anyway regardless of sleep how can parents get the rest that they need is it about sleeping when baby sleeps are there other things that we can do to try to restore our energy a little bit yeah, so I think it's just about thinking about your own self-care. So when you have got your little one down to sleep, you know, what are you then doing in the evening time and what are you, you know, what time are you going to bed? Um, you know, uh, if your baby's waking up early in the morning at five o'clock, but you're not going to bed till 12, one o'clock, then you need to kind of think, actually, let me get to bed a little bit earlier. So definitely think about what time you're going to bed and set yourself up your own kind of routine as well. So think about what your routine is like, you know, having a bath, maybe doing some journaling, listening to some meditation um think about your own self-care and i think also you know as you know as um you know as as parents thinking about when you get to have a bit of you time as well i think is really important um so putting that in place and also if you do have any friends or family you know that do live nearby you know ask, especially for a newborn baby you know once they're like a couple of weeks old you know if you've got a really good friend or you know a sister or a brother or an auntie or you know mum and dad live nearby ask them to come and take the baby out for a walk for you for like half an hour just so you could just have a cup of tea in the garden or whatever, read a magazine, whatever that is to help you feel calm. So think about, you know, if you have got people nearby, putting them in and getting them to to support and help as well. And what about for parents, as the children get older, 
Um, I don't know if you've ever come across this, but sometimes I think we still have it in us to wake up in the night the way that we used to with the children. And like, it's not the children waking us up, but we still wake up and struggle to get back to sleep. What would be your advice for that? So again, thinking about your own sleep hygiene. So thinking about, you know, your own bedtime routine and what that looks like. You know, if you are waking up constantly in the nighttime, then you need to be thinking about, you know, are you waking up? If you've got yourself a morning routine where you're waking yourself up the same time every day, are you going to sleep the same time every day? And have you got that that routine? If you do really then struggle, like if you are, like if you, if you are you know, keep waking it up, waking up and all your routines in place. And I would think about, you know, reaching out to a, you know, an adult expert um, to help you with your sleep. And also to think about putting on some meditating music um, while you sleep. And white noise, again, is amazing for adults to use to sleep as well. Oh, yes. Because, yeah, I remember using that with the kids. Yes. But never thought to do that myself. Yes, that's interesting. <laughs> so, um <laughs> We have a, a series of questions that we ask all of our guests, so I'll ask them now if that's okay. So what are two things you would tell your 18-year-old self if you had the chance? Okay. God, so this is like such, this is such, such a deep question. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but um, I think, I think my, one of my things is to always follow your gut, your gut instincts. I think, you know, yeah, you can't go wrong, go wrong with that. And also just uh, make sure you just surround yourself with positive people that have a great mindset um, and that will help you learn and develop on your journey into adulthood. And also just slow down a little bit. Don't try to grow up too quickly. <laughs> that's mm. three, sorry. That's good <laughs> advice, yes. So what three things do you love to do every day? What gives you a great start and routine to the day? Yeah, so um, I like to do some journaling and meditating. They're like my, my um, I listen to some mantras and then we've got a puppy now. So taking him out for a daily walk now, which helps me to get out um, out and about. And yeah, and then just cuddles and snuggles on the sofa with my kids when they get home from school. That's something that I, ha I always make sure that I do every day with them. That's a great thing to do. How old are your kids now? So my eldest is eight. She'll be nine in September. And then my middle is seven. She just turned seven in April. And then my youngest is four and she is five in June. Fantastic. So yeah, they're all, they're all big now. And do you know what? It's more, I put it on my, on my um, Instagram the other day that actually the bedtime routine is more of a struggle now. Like when they were like, you know, zero, two and three, by seven o'clock, they were in bed, not, like, not a peep. Whereas now, oh, I don't want to go to bed now. I want to stay up later. And you obviously got to try and get them to do their reading. And it's just like a battle, a battle. But since we've put them into their own rooms, which we probably did about, about six weeks ago, it, it, it has calmed down a lot because I can go into each of their room now and they spend, I get to spend at least 10, 15 minutes individually with them. And I think that's been really important. I think when they shared a room, they were both, you know, especially my two little ones, they were like, you know, oh, I want my mid to sit on my bed and arguing, whereas now it feels a lot more calmer. But yeah, definitely more difficult as they get older. <laughs> yeah, and that is a good point, actually, because especially um, when they want to have phones in their rooms or they want to watch um screens what do you think about that yes yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty strict with like screens as much as I possibly can be so I kind of like have no um like tv 
um but ipads and stuff um monday to friday have like a screen time limit on on their on their ipads obviously at the weekends a little bit more more flexible um so yeah they have i well, my two elders have ipads my little one doesn't but she steals her sisters um but yeah <laughs> just just try to minimize the screen time as much as possible and especially like an hour before bedtime especially if you've got a child who's taken a long time to fall asleep definitely think about you know are they watching tv or screen times um before that and it's just having the balance like you know at the weekends when things are crazy here I'm like get on the phones you know and like give me some some space um but I think you definitely have to have some sort of rules around it um I find when my children spend too much time on screens it sends them a bit bonkers (laughs) do you think it does interfere with sleep yeah, definitely. Especially for the children who find it more to, um, you know, wind down, you know, the blue light, um, you know, that, that does definitely affect Because obviously it's fake light, isn't it? So, you know, mm. we naturally start getting sleepy when the sun goes down, you know, the sleep hormone comes into play. But then if you're on a screen, it's, it's, it's not, it's going to um, interfere with that. Um, so, yeah, definitely, it definitely does interfere. Yes. So would you put in a similar kind of routine in place for older children? Just yeah. talk it through with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Older children are really quite. I think yeah. When I work with the older children, they quite like the rules and they like to understand what it is that they want and actually get them to you know take part of it. You know what they think they should look like, what do they want to do in their bedtime routine, and get them to take ownership. Um, I think is really like really important for them, and that's when they you, you know start to enjoy it a lot more. That's good. So finally, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give to a parent who's really struggling to get their child to sleep? My biggest advice is um, is is to get some help, like find somebody who you really trust in um, and then get some professional help, especially if you are like at breaking point, um, because anything that you read on the internet, you've got to remember it's genetic, like it's not, it's not related to your family. So you might try something and then it doesn't work. Um, but where if you've got somebody who understands sleep so much better, um, they're going to be able to help you. And obviously, if you're not in a position to get that to get that help, then really, you know, having a plan with your husband or your partner where you can alternate nights, um, you know, so it's not always on one person, you know, get, get some help in as well. Um, so in what ways and- do you go in and help families? What do you do? Do you have like an action plan with them? Yeah, so we normally just have a chat to find out where they are, you know, and where they want to get to. Um, you know, some people want to work on naps, some people, you know, want to be able to put their baby into the cot and some people want to, you know, improve on their night times. So once you've kind of got that information, we then, you know, the way that I work is that we, you know, we'll set we'll set one goal that they have to work on for a couple of days. Once we've achieved that, we then move on. So I break it down lots. Um, and I think because especially when you've got like tired parents, going in and changing everything at once can be a bit overwhelming. So we just do it quite slowly um and just yeah and you can just see you know when things are not working you know when things are not so then we adapt and we change things um so yeah really just having that personal touch really that's really helpful thank you so much lisa it's been really good talking to you oh thank you for having me you can read more of lisa's advice on the birmingham live website and on the brummy mummy's facebook page and via her website nightninja.co You can book tickets to The Baby Show via thebabyshow.co.uk. Brummy Mummies is a laudable production. You can download or stream new episodes every fortnight on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify and Apple. 
please share this episode with anyone you think might find it useful. You may also want to check out our episodes on why you should teach your kids how to relax with yoga teacher Kate Ford, the importance of play with Adele Cleaver, and how to be more mindful with Sophie Rogers. We also have a special meditation podcast to help everyone in the family unwind. Be sure to follow Brummy Mummies on social media and sign up via our free newsletter. See you next time and have a good night's sleep.